Welcome to Shit Talk Fridays, a podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle and relationships with a splash of controversy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. And uh, happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Sadly, we are not drinking. <laughs> not that happy of a Friday, huh? Aw, <laughs> went, went, went. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to give it a little break. That helps. It's good for the body, good for the soul, I guess. A little cleansing. Well, it's also pretty early for us right now. And um, yeah. I still got some pre-workout running in my system. And yeah, I, I don't know if the two would mix well. I definitely would have been feeling a little filthy if we would have got it on this early. <laughs> Just a little bit. But uh, That sounded like something totally different than drinking. Yeah, you know, that was kind of like the point of it a little bit. But Okay. Uh, but we do have something here to drink. I uh, The beautiful coffee that my husband makes for me in the morning, I actually brought... And um, I'm pretty excited to drink. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's get into the show that we have for everybody today. And thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining. So we have decided that we want to kind of continue a conversation that we kind of touched on on our last one of our last shows where we spoke about was it easier for women to have sex or was it or were men easy in giving sex? And that conversation had a couple of points where uh, we touched on the fact that men that will claim to be straight will engage in gay sex. And we put some of that out into social media and we got a lot of people commenting. I wanna say somewhere close to a thousand comments yeah but a lot of the comments after a while started to sound the same so i thought that we should continue the conversation because some of the things that i saw commented i was very intrigued by and one of those things that i saw repeatedly in the comment section was i am a gay man and i have had sex with married straight men so I wanted to talk about that. Men who are straight and or married, potentially with children that are engaging in gay sex and why this may be happening. And <clears throat> I think that the in another question that we uh, kind of came up with was that, is it really gay sex or mm. is it just sex with men? And are these men to be considered gay because they're having sex with men or is it something else? And I think that, you know, with all the comments and, you know, some of the, uh, we took some small polls. Mm-hmm. It seemed like that there is a. There's a pretty large divide. Yeah, there on is. On what people think. I will say there were numerous amounts of people that commented if a man is having sex with a man, he is gay. Yeah. There were many people that commented that. If a man is having sex with other men, but still engaging in sex with women, they are bisexual. Then there were a lot of people that were saying that sexuality is fluid. Yes. And that is the one that I primarily identify with. I definitely feel like sexuality is fluid in someone's life, whether it be on an ex, uh, experimentation level, mm-hmm. or if they themselves are just going 
in between men, women, potentially even trans. Um, because I feel like more recently we've seen these type of sexual encounters happen on TV, on shows. Yeah. Uh, immediately what comes to my mind is Euphoria. Mm-hmm. And there is a storyline that plays out in Euphoria where there is a married straight man and he's engaging in gay sex with a trans woman. Yeah. Which would mean that the person that this straight man is engaging with was uh, originally uh, born, born as a male <clears throat> and transitioned to a woman. And that is not the only time that I've seen that storyline. In addition, I saw it on the show Pose, where a straight man, he I don't think he was married, or maybe he was, was also engaging in sex with a trans woman. And wasn't there some of that in Game of Thrones too? I don't know if there was trans, but there was definitely straight men engaging in gay sex. Oberon, yeah. which is one of my favorite characters, who... To me, which was he was the epitome of what a masculine, masculine man, man is, yeah. was engaging in gay sex, and I didn't blink twice when I saw that happen. Like it didn't make me look at him as any less than a man. Yeah, it was interesting dynamic. I have a lot of respect for, um, and this is just my personal opinion. Not to say that that I have less of respect for anything other than this, but I have a particular type of respect for a man that. <clears throat> likes to be with a man that's a man per se like there's no femininity in that man it's two men that like each other mm-hmm. for because they're men mm-hmm. you know um <clears throat> and there's i'm sorry i i, I had some water i don't know why okay. I, I keep having to clear my throat but i i, I just i think that there's uh there's a i just have a different level of respect for that i think that that you know that's um it's a very for me it's very original you know because Mm. Um, you don't see that a lot when it, when it comes to men partaking in sexual activities with other men. Mm. At least from my opinion. I, I don't see that a lot. It's not something that's publicized a lot. It's not something, you know, when you think of men with other men or men being mm-hmm. men, men having gay relations with other men, mm-hmm. um, there is the gayness of it per se. Um, and I'm probably like chopping this up, but there is... The, the femininity that comes along with a male being gay um, when it comes to, you know, two men being with each other. There is that like larger portion of it when it's when you when you when when you see. When you when. OK, I'm sorry. Let me re- let me rephrase this. All right. OK, because yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not following you per se. OK. Initially, when I started to learn about the gay community. OK. And men being with men. Mm-hmm. um what was exposed to me was m- men acting f- a little bit more on the lighter side of, of a male, more like, you know, having female characteristics, being with each other. That was my initial. Um, okay, so l- let me just let me just see if I can understand what you're saying. Are you saying that when you were first exposed to homosexual men, one of the men in the relationship um, maybe more mimicked a woman? Or both. Or both. Okay, yeah. so is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I thought, okay. I thought that's what I was. I thought that that's what I was saying, but I guess maybe not. I wasn't saying it clear enough. Um, and so it wasn't until later on, and you know, as I got older, that I started to see um, men mm-hmm. that were attracted to men that didn't that didn't show any you know female characteristics. They were just you know men as I knew what a man would be, mm-hmm. but liked men for 
for being a man. Um, and I just thought that that was very interesting. Okay. I wonder why you find that so interesting. Is it because you are, are primarily just identify <clears throat> two men being together with one of them being more feminine? No, no. I just think that, um, I just think that, you know, if you're, so I haven't had, a, this just kind of just came to me, but I just, okay. I think that it takes a particular type of person to, um, just like go outside of the norm from a man, right? A man, a man typically likes the opposite sex, right? A, a heterosexual man, someone that appears to be heterosexual, right? Okay. Typically. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you see a person that appears to be heterosexual, mm-hmm. but is not, mm-hmm. is it likes is 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 gay and likes a man for being like just perceiving yourself as another man someone mm-hmm. that does not look heterosexual i just find that that dynamic interesting and okay. and like i don't have the exact words for it but i just find it very i find it very very interesting i think it, it's almost like um like for me the exception to the rule okay say. oh well. that's interesting um And I, I d- we've I, we've spoken about this. I've, yeah, yeah, I do feel like, like you that, know this about me. Yes, I I I um I'm just trying to like a little bit understand a little bit more what what you were intrigued about it. Like, what did you find interesting about it? Um, what I will say is that I went ahead and reached out to some of my gay friends because for a long time I worked in an industry and still do kind of where I'm exposed to a lot of uh, gay men and gay women. And um, I have some really great friendships where I was able to kind of like reach out to them and just try to get f- some confirmation as to if they had ever themselves experienced a situation where a straight man, and I do that with like air quotations because um, in addition to asking some of my friends, I went along and asked, um, I went along, excuse me, and did some research into, you know, male sexuality as a whole just to try to understand like you know what that dynamic looks like and in speaking to my friends my male friends who are gay immediately they were like yeah absolutely I have been contacted by several straight men single married married with children approaching me for sex and um, I was just kind of like all right well like paint that picture like what does that look like and of course a lot of them um told me that they're being reached through social media or through dating apps uh, because this allows the straight male to still have some sort of anonymousness anonymity well it's you don't really know who they are is what i'm saying okay um you know their profile may not be that forthcoming Mm -hmm. so one of my friends told me a story about or told me a story about how a lot of these encounters happen will happen and it starts off with like hey um how are you you know just very casual conversation and then he said that any at any point where the conversation goes hey can i ask you a question he immediately knows that that question is going to be 
encompass of some sort of sexual request. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of my other friends, gay, uh, gay male friends, told me that he had a particular situation where he uh, worked in a place where, um, you know, it was a, a store where men and women could shop and a man came in with his wife and purchased some items and asked for his phone number just in case there was anything wrong with the items that were purchased because they were a gift and so on and so forth. So my friend thought nothing of it. Yeah, of course, you know, here's my, you know, cause they were a salesperson, whatever it was. Um, yeah, of course, here's my phone number. Contact me if there's anything wrong or you can call the store, whatever it be. Literally the same day that man contacted my friend and was like, Hey, I thought you were really cute. Hmm. I know you know that I'm married, but you know, I'd really like to get to know you. So, this is happening and i know that a lot of people in the comments were like no absolutely not a straight man would not do this from the research that i've done it seems like people who are hetero are on the smaller scale as far as the research that i read which was surprising to me so let me just break it down for you a little bit um people that are heterosexual and people that are homosexual, if you look at it like on a scale of like 100%, 20% are hetero, and and this is me just trying to like, you know, give you a visual, 20% of the population are hetero, 20% of the population are homosexual, the other 60% of the population, based on this research and the survey that was performed, are categorized as other. Because when they were asked, what their attraction was was it primarily women or was it primarily men their attractions answers were i'm mostly attracted to women i'm mostly attracted to men Mm -hmm. which meant that they're left a window of like vagueness so it sounds like there should be like a mostly category like a mostly straight category okay so so interesting that you say that so a lot of these people that answered mostly they then you know the research then went a little bit further okay so um do you ever fantasize about gay sex you know do you have you ever had a same-sex encounter and then it was able to really narrow down you know the percentage of people that were looking or attracted or had a desire for same-sex encounters and it wind up being that that pool of people was larger than people that were hetero and larger than people that were homosexual. Mm. And like I told you in the comments, a lot of people really were out there saying sexuality is fluid. And I told you that that was the one that I felt like was the most true. And that, that that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily agreeing with them. That was back, That was actually my opinion going into this. You know, like that's how I felt. I felt like people could really just at any given moment be attracted to a man, be attracted to a woman, engage in sex with a man, you know, no matter your uh, sexual orientation. So it's so funny that you said that there should be an other category. I then went on to read another article from a gay man that wrote about his experiences with his gay and straight friends that would have these type of conversations. And his one gay friend that he included in the article talked about that, talked about how he felt like that these men that he was engaging in gay sex with were not gay they were a subset of something else, mm-hmm. but they didn't know what that subset of people 
potentially and their sexuality should be called. And then you and I were having a conversation. We were on a hike and you said, well, then these people are potentially flexible. And you were like, well, I, I said flex sexual. Yeah. they're f Well, first you said flexible yeah. and then you said flex sexual. And I was <laughs> like, yo, we out here creating new fucking words. <laughs> new categories, new categories. Uh, so I honestly think that this is why there are men out there that will say that they are straight and they will engage in gay sex. Yeah. So I, I actually, um, through some research found out that there is a difference between, uh, sexuality and sexual orientation, which mm -hmm. I was not aware of per okay. se. Um, and when it comes to men and particularly, um, a man's sexuality um, doesn't really define who he identifies with as as sexually, because when your 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 sexual orientation mm -hmm. is what I is what is how you identify with yourself sexually. Mm -hmm. um, but and that and that would that basically what that means is that sexually you prefer to um, have a relationship intimately mm -hmm. with a particular type of sex mm -hmm. whether it be male or female mm -hmm. um and that defines your sexual orientation mm -hmm. but your sexuality mm -hmm. takes away the romantic and the the the, the relationship portion of it mm -hmm. and just makes it a sexual experience mm -hmm. um so just because a man decides to experiment or try out something new mm -hmm. with the opposite sex doesn't necessarily make him doesn't 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 I'm sorry doesn't necessarily define his sexual orientation. I it's just an expression of his sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I just I really cleared things up when it came to these questions that we were coming up with as far as where does this put someone? Mm -hmm. Where does this put a man that decides to have sex with the opposite se or with the same sex? Mm -hmm. You know, does it make him gay? Does it make him bi? Where does he stand? And I think that, well, from what I from what I researched, that it's only through time and um, development of the character that being bi or being gay ends up developing. It's not that's not something that can just happen over one or two experiences. It's something mm -hmm. that grows over time. Hmm. And when it comes to when it comes from what I from so what do I, you mean? Okay, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to dig a little bit on you. So okay. when you say that it doesn't happen out of nowhere, it happens over time. Do you mean the fluidity of their sexuality? What I mean is that the, the, um, the labeling, the, like, what are you, right? What that, like trying to label the person based on an action that they've done. Okay. Um, that can't be done just off of, you know, a snap of a finger. Okay. Um, one has to kind of experiment and see, you know, where, how they feel and where they are with that okay, situation and then something that if they you know if it's something that they continuously do um and it becomes part of who they are as a character mm -hmm. then the identity soon follows whether it be a bi or whether it be okay. gay so then that that identity then will be part of their sexual, sexual orientation orientation yes and okay, i think that they're experimenting their sexuality yes and i okay. think that that's very important to understand when it comes to um, just categorizing people because they decide to experiment with something. Um, well, I think as a as a human race, we are all about labeling shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it doesn't have a label, 
we don't understand what it is. Yeah, we don't understand what it is. If we don't understand what it is, then we're not comfortable with it. You know what's so interesting is that um, I remember one time reading a book, and it was about self-awareness. And a, you know, a chapter in the book talked about when you label something, you, you lose the real thought of what it is to you. Because now it went from being this thing to you that you you are view how you're viewing it is mm-hmm. how you view it, but once someone then turns to you and says, "Well, that's a blue jay," that's it. It's over. That bird will forever be a blue jay to yeah. you. You know what do they say? A spade is a spade. Yeah. So, um, I completely understand what you mean when you say that. And the reason why I was like kind of pushing back on that a little bit is because, you know, there are many people that will say that they are born gay, which I 100% believe. Sure. But even if you're born gay, you still have to find your journey in your sexuality. Mm -hmm. Because even if you're gay and you're attracted to other women or other men, you still may experiment with the opposite sex. Mm Mm-hmm. So because you've experimented with the opposite sex, that doesn't mean that you're a gay person that wants to be straight. It's just a gay person that's trying to figure out like exactly what their sexuality is about. Right. Um, and um, <laughs> it's funny because there were people in the comments that were saying that exact same thing. So if I'm a gay person, I'm having sh- I'm having sex with the opposite sex. Am I now straight? That's an interesting. That's an interesting question. Because that situation does happen. I I can tell you firsthand, I've been around gay men that have told me that they've had some wonderful experiences with with women. That they found themselves attracted to women at any given moment. So then they would fall into the mostly gay category. (laughs) (laughs) They're not like all the way gay. Not all the way gay, but they're mostly gay. Well, I told you that from this research, which I will cite, because when I tell you that people come for me and they're like, ah, these fucking studies... Listen, if you go back and you look at history fucking like 50,000 years ago, there is evidence of um, same-sex sex happening. Yes. So, you know, there were people also saying things like, oh, this new generation, they're fucking, you know, they're abominations. And, you know, they're, you know, all this thing about identity and sexuality and all this kind of stuff. This stuff existed a long yeah. time ago. Imagine how sex was... Um, Imagine how sex was when there wasn't no boundaries. I mean, I think the boundaries exist more now. Correct. And the lines are are like more prominently drawn now more than ever. So just imagine the fluidity that was going on back when there was no, oh, you can't do this or this shouldn't be done and, you know, and so on and so forth. And to, you know, for people to like try to make some type of statement that, you know, it's the problem is now or like this society now is like the one that's out of control. Um really need to do some research let me tell you something i get so sick of hearing that fucking particular argument when it comes to something how an older generation will like to blame these new ideas that are happening when they're actually not new ideas happening on because it's a newer generation how many times have you heard people say like oh the music it's the music it's the tv it's this it's that Every time a new generation comes, there is going to be new things that come with them. And what I mean by that is that their minds are going to cultivate things differently. But that doesn't mean the things that they're thinking about are different. You know what's the inter- or, or or new. You know what's interesting about that, right? Is that an older generation doesn't realize that it is them 
that creates the new generation. And when I say them, that <laughs> oh, creates yeah, the, the new generation is that. Um, so going back to what I said before is that now the lines are more prominently drawn than they ever have been. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the lines are drawn by the by the the gen- current generation that's raising the new generation, trying to set these lines and put them in boxes. Mm-hmm. Right. And what ends up happening is the rebellion. Yeah. They rebel at some point and boom, all of a sudden branch out yeah. to a whole new generation of expressing themselves. So what you have is just generation after generation of just breaking out of the mold that the prior generation is trying to, you know, make them grow up in and branching out to a whole new thing. But you know that the older generations will never take, <laughs> they'll never take responsibility yeah, for that. Well, they they'll can, never they, be like, yeah, we created yeah, that. They can try to like argue that point, but I don't think there's no arguing that because they once were that generation. They once were the generation that was breaking out of the mold of the, of the, of the, um, the, the, uh, what do you want to call it? The mold, breaking out of the mold that their parents were trying to, mm-hmm. you know, make them grow up in. Every generation does that. So. Oh, yeah, you for sure. You can't deny that. You, we, can't, you can't deny something that you were a part of. We, it, saw, we um, saw that happen with our yeah, kids. Yeah, all it takes is a little bit of self-reflection. If these people that, if these people for one moment just all of a sudden self-reflected and took a look at themselves in their childhood and how they rebelled at one point and they were breaking out of this mold and things that they, they, you know, they were trying. Oh, hey. Really? We have a visitor. What's up, Jez? The, the stupid head bunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That was an interesting point I wanted to bring up. I 1,000% I, I agree with you on that. And, um, you know, there's that saying, when you point one finger, there's three pointing back at you. Absolutely. Um, you know, in, in encompass with this conversation about men having gay sex, part of that conversation was is that men will engage in this type of sex to have more sex. Um, and along with a lot of the research that I read, because I read, like, I want to say really gr- three great research um, articles. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they talk about men's desire to want to have more sex. And it's identified that men desire sex more than women. Um, And it's, and it's, um, you know, it has to, it, it, how can I put this? And because men desire sex more than women, they're going to find ways to get it. Uh, yeah. And if they can't get it through opposite sex they're potentially like i said previously they're gonna look for it in the same sex yeah yeah in a a particular situation where um men who are have a relationship with the with the opposite sex so a Mm -hmm. man having a relationship with a female um when in that particular situation and not to say that this is the situation with all women Mm -hmm. but in in the in the scenario where a man is in a relationship with a woman and the woman doesn't like to perform oral sex mm-hmm. or maybe the man likes you know a little bit of an anal fingering mm-hmm. um and she doesn't like that you know those are type of situations where a man might go seek either a relationship with another woman mm-hmm. or and particularly with another man yeah because then they're, they're just going to be able to engage in the sex yeah yeah and that's that's i think that's that's the uh that's the perfect storm of it right there like there's those ingredients when you put them together they make yeah. they make that so i asked you a question i don't think you really ever answered it um and we were talking outside of the show and i said 
you know, if there are men that are married and married with children and they're engaging in this same sex activity in same sex activities, how do you think how does that play a part as for the woman? Like what if the woman was to find out? Do you think that they're more devastated because it's the same sex or does it run the same weight as it being with another woman? So you know, when I was doing some research on this topic, I, I came ac- came across a couple articles mm-hmm. that told the story of women in that situation. Okay. And, um, you know, and even men in that situation, too, where a man is, you know, with a woman and she turns out that she's gay and he's a straight man. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically it's a lot, from what I read, it's a lot harder for the straight person in the relationship to accept the person having sex or having some sort of relationship with someone of the same sex yeah even dealing with it all together because it it comes to a surprise Mm -hmm. um something about the person that they're with now is totally new and you know now it's all of a sudden you know how well did they really know that person Mm. um a bit of deception and you know deceit kind of like surfaces you know that 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 the straight person has to deal with now Mm -hmm. um a lot of internal emotions of themselves too like are they not good enough you know and oh i hate when that type of internal conversation happens you know so um and it's you know it's 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 just a totally different dynamic you know if you have the person that's 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 um gay where they finally are able to be a little bit more free now. Okay, but pause. We don't know if they're gay. Because if they've been avidly right. having... Okay. okay. Yes, you're right. They're fluid in that perspective. The person that is yeah, fluid. Whatever it is about themselves and their sexuality that they've been suppressing in this relationship is now out. Mm-hmm. And they're able to be a little bit more free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know... One, obviously, is better than the other. And so um, I think that uh, the person that the person that's straight in the relationship really has to some like internal reflecting to do. I mean, I, th- I think, it, you know, they they have to re- they have to really be a really strong person um, to be able to, you know, work that out, mm-hmm. you know, and make that part of their relationship and accept that person for who they are and move on and grow together Mm -hmm. or you know end up needing therapy for quite a few years because something that was in their face they didn't even know it was there all along and you know and they got blindsided by something it creates a you know a very big trust issue yeah moving forward you know um and some people don't they don't get over that you know they don't it's they almost never trust again because something they let something so close to their heart um and then that thing ended up hurting them Mm -hmm. and they didn't even know it was there the whole time you know so and i I, you know like i you know i i I almost like stopped looking into it because like it was it was sad yeah just to read those stories yeah you know there was no like out of the i read three of them it's probably sad on both parts because there's the one person that's been in a relationship for a very long time that's like really not being true to themselves yeah and then the other person's with this person loving them and being with them and real and then in the end realizing that that's not what it was 
cut right. out to be. In the, in the three stories that I read, um, it didn't end good for the person that was straight. Mm-hmm. It didn't end like they, you know, one, you know, became semi-suicidal. Um, mm. The other two needed therapy and had trust issues. And the in 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 the three stories, the person that you know was had the sexual fluidity, mm-hmm. you know, that person to in some and to to some case was being celebrated for finally coming out. You know, oh. and and you know, and and living who they really are, and yeah. you know, so like the dynamic of what happens between you know in the in the in the lives of those two people are, are from you know one extreme to the other. And I think that's that's uh, it's interesting, but you know, I don't know if you noticed that when you said that they were celebrated for coming out, I kind of rolled my eyes, and I wasn't rolling my eyes because of that. I actually rolled my eyes because um, on a future show we're going to talk about drug addiction. And that reminded me of something that really (laughs) grinds my gears. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know know exactly what you're talking about. It's a totally different topic, so I wasn't rolling my eyes at that. But I can understand how that thing could happen. You know what's interesting that you said it? You said that the straight person may need therapy. I think fucking everybody needs therapy. Whether you have had a bad relationship, a good relationship, a great child. Like, I think everybody needs therapy. I think people need to understand themselves better. Yeah. Um, I just know that not everybody has access to therapy um, and I wish everyone did. I wish it was just like part of personally. I just think I wish that healthcare was universal and that everybody could have it And mental. You know, the, the focus on mental health was part of that. You know, what's That's interesting? a whole nother conversation so, though. But here's so in a, in a, in a relation, in a heterosexual relationship, right? Where a man, I'm going to use the man, for example, a man, is with a woman and then ends up getting into a relationship with another woman. And so the original relationship that he has, um, if that, if that, if that relationship ends up ending and the man therefore then goes on to have the relationship with the new woman, Mm -hmm. the older relationship woman, at least to some degree, if she, you know, can later on, maybe improve herself you know like there's just you know you know like there's there's something that she can almost compete with internally where she can say to herself you know um if she still maybe at some point in the future wants to be with him or win him back there's something that she can feel like almost feel like she can level up to above to have a chance to do that because this person's with another woman because the person's with another woman because if they were same sex there's no way that they can find anyway so i think that that is the really devastating part for a woman to find out that the person that she lost her man to is another man man and she can't even compete with that there's no competition it's just total defeat you know that's like i mean can you just imagine the sack of bricks that that you know yikes yeah and so that's uh, th- that was the sad part about it, you know. Yeah. And so. then if there's children involved, oh, forget that's about really it. like that's... a whole because not now you've you've come out that you are you know whatever your sexuality is, you now then have to explain to your children, yeah, who you really are. Yeah. Well, the one the one article had children in it, and the you know and the woman's. They, she tried to work it out for the sake of the children. Which I think is important. And I commend people that really will put their children first and say, um, I'm doing this for the better of my children's future. That's not always easy because, yo, feelings <laughs> yeah, well, will take hold of you. What ended up happening to her was that she ended up falling into deep depression. Which is understandable. Yeah. So it, 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 this, the relationship, you know, it eventually ended. 
but you know she tried to work it out for the kids and it didn't it didn't work out well i told you that um i knew a guy that i used to work with that was married for 30 years and then his wife passed away mm-hmm. six months later he came out as gay and had a partner now you know that that man was gay his whole life but because he was from another generation where being gay was probably it was looked at like blasphemy you know like you were an abomination so he went the route of what you're supposed to do when you're heterosexual he got married and he had children and he loved his wife and he was with his wife to death do you part Mm -hmm. and then you know um when he came out this was 2000 like 2011 so you know the acceptance of someone that is identifies as homo um, homosexual is different. Yeah. Um. I. I just think that it would be amazing that as a society, if we can move away from labeling, and just like let people be free. But <sighs> the reason why I don't think that will happen is what we're you know going to get into now is that. There are things that are built into the fabric of our society that will prevent people from being truly who they want to be. Before we move on to that. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that we're moving on, but I'm saying, but this is why this will continue to happen. Yeah, I have an an interesting question. Sure. Um, Do you ever wonder why? Why do these things happen? Do you ever think about um, some of the many reasons why? Um, a man would, other than sexuality, mm-hmm. would choose to engage uh, with sex, in sex, mm-hmm. with another man, but not be gay. So we talked about at the beginning that, you know, it could be either that they are gay or bi, you know, kind of a sexual orientation thing. That's a reason why they would do so or uh, an exploration of sexuality. But outside of that, did you ever um, wonder what other things would would uh, Which would, would, would drive would, a person to do that? I can't. I found some. I personally think it would just be curiosity. So I found some, and I, and I thought that they were pretty interesting. Um, and one would be that they would um, they would do it because they were sexually abused as children, and they were rea- reenacting childhood abuse. It had nothing to do with sexuality, just the condition. That makes me very angry. Yeah. I mean... I had to pause for a second. Uh, listen, it's nothing to be to smile about, but it is uh, it is something that is real um, and that should be spoken about to have a better understanding yeah. as to other things, other reasons that go on beyond, beyond you know, that happen that are just beyond sexuality. Um, another one that I found is, um, well, I mean, we talked about because they're curious, you know? Yeah. Like they do kinky things and, you know, those kinky things excite them. So, you know, an exploration of of um, who they are. Other do it for just for money. Oh, yeah, I could totally see that. Just for money. It's so funny that you say that because in the comment section, there are people that said that literally. It's cool. And someone, someone said that it, and I don't know if this is true or not, but someone, there were quite a few comments that said that that happens a lot in Africa. Yeah, well, 
I'm sure I it happens. I don't, I don't know firsthand, and I'm yeah. just you know telling you what I read. Um, of course, people are gonna engage in sexual acts for money. I mean, that is. <sighs> There's a terminology. It's called it's called pay for gay. Hmm. Yeah. I've never heard of that. And then on the flip side of that, men will do it for financial domination. Men with power mm-hmm. will do it just to feel dominant, to be to dominate, to do what they want to do, to have mm-hmm. the power on a fine just on a financial yeah. standpoint of it, which I think is very like uh yeah, and we let men that, run the that's, world. That's a power trip right there. That's a hard power trip. So, yeah. Listen, uh, <laughs> I um, I feel like I have a lot to say about that. There's a lot. Uh, mm, if someone is reenacting something that they were exposed to through abuse... That makes me sad on so many levels because yeah. there's such a level of confusion that is built into that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Stockholm Syndrome. When you know you become like in love or in admiration of your captor, you know? Yeah. So now you're acting out these things that someone did to you where they took advantage of you. You know what I mean? And then you're doing it with other people. Um. That also makes me think about when you say power and do abuse. Uh, a lot of stories that came out about the Catholic Church. Yeah. Well, about men in power that were doing that kind of stuff. You know, just just t- taking a step back to the last comment that you said, um, mm-hmm. you know, when it came to, you know, people will actually, you know, reenact sexual acts like that out of hatred, you know, to to draw out a person from of the same sex. Mm-hmm. To kind of like uh, physically violate them mm-hmm. once they—it's almost like a trap. Mm-hmm. You know? I understand. Which that is, kind of makes me think about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Did you ever read about him? Uh, didn't read about him, but I know his story. Yeah. Um, and then the the, I mean, the thing for power. Uh, men are definitely obviously cut from a different cloth. L- let's just be real. Um, men and women are not the same. Yeah. You know, and uh. But not to say that women don't have sex for power or for money. Like, that definitely happens. But if you... I feel like maybe women may do it to obtain power. And the way you're saying it is that men will do it to show their power. Yeah. Do you understand? To, like, like on, I feel like it's a, very different. On a, on a conquer type of, yes. type, of, type of basis. Yes. Yeah. Where... I think it's a little bit different. Women will use it to like gain power. Like they'll use it as like yeah. a stepping a man, stone. Men will do it to feed their egos. That's that's literally what is fuel for the fire. That's cr- <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, but I just I I thought that these were just um very interesting points and all valid um, that exist within this act. Mm-hmm. That seems so simple at, at at face value, but there's so many levels of it. 
Yeah, those are definitely levels that I, when you asked me the question, the first thing that came to my mind was curiosity. Am I thinking that, you know, to me, those are some of the more deeper, darker reasons as to why. And something I will tell you in one of the articles that I read that I believe 100% to be true is that we are still on the forefront of understanding human sexuality and the psychological things behind it. Because if you look back in earlier studies, and I'm talking about, you know, 1930s, 40s, 50s, where these people that were studying man and woman sexuality, the things that they were determining as to why a man and a woman engage in sex was very just like fucking black and white, you know? I I don't really think that they were trying to understand it at that point. Well, it was also a lot of this research was being done by cis white men that they were just pushing their narrative mm-hmm. uh, as to why they think men and women will engage. And then the other thing that I found really interesting about a lot of these older studies is that they were only doing it in certain communities. But also weren't these like they, these weren't these studies weren't done on a biological level. They weren't being done by like scientists, were they? Yeah. Oh, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying to you is is that you have to understand that scientists at that point in time, you have to understand the world was very different. So that is the major factor is that the environment as it continues to change, so will mankind. We will we will continue to evolve. So and because a lot of those parameters, think about it in the 50s. You know what I mean when these parameters were st- starting to be really you know, sewn into the fabric of our society of like how men and women should act. Then you have these scientists that are, you know, or these, you know, psychologists that are looking into these things and they're like, oh yeah, a man wants to have sex with a woman because he wants to procreate, you know? So you feel like there was a bias, bias research? Oh, 1000%. Because when I tell you, when I look through a lot of these studies, because um, they, they, I would say that they vary anywhere from 10 to 20 year spans. Mm. So like, you know, there's one in the 50s, then there's one in like the 80s, and then there's one like in the 90s, and then the 2000, and then like the more recent one is like 2012. That's like the most recent. But that's about to be 10 years ago. Can you think about think about all the things that in the last 10 years that have exploded when it comes to, you know, sexuality, gender? Mm-hmm. Could you don't you think that that would be just cause for psychologists and scientists, biologists to look into why men and women do the things that they do when it comes to their sexuality Mm -hmm. because if you're going to reflect back on fucking 1950 even though some of those studies still hold true there's a lot of things in those studies that are very factual because they're just like they're very basic yeah um but like there were parts of the studies that talked about like how white men wouldn't want to engage with sex with black women because the nature of black women was very different than the nature of a white woman. Cause we're talking, you know, right. This is before civil rights. Yeah, sure. So that that is the type of science and the type of research. And I'm saying mm-hmm. that that shit is, that shit is so outdated and so specific to the environment of the world that people lived in at that time. Right. That that's why I feel like we are still on like the brink of like really understanding the sexuality of humans. Mm-hmm. Um, because our minds are forever evolving and because our minds are forever evolving people are going to want to do things not always the same yeah 
And we have access to information that a click of a button now where we didn't have that two decades ago, mm-hmm. three decades ago. It was so funny. One of the articles I read was in Britannica, which was so funny to me because I'm reading. I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I'm reading an article or a chapter on human sexuality in Britannica online. Or you remember what you and I had to do back in the day. We had to go to the library. We have to look up the letter yep. in the huge fucking Britannica. And do you remember when those things were sold door to door? And if you had one of those in your house, like if you had a set of Britannica. No, you were, yeah, you were like a, a scholar. Yeah, you were fucking G. Yeah. You were like, oh my yeah. God, you have these things? These things are so expensive. Now on a bulk trash days in our neighborhood, I see them on the fucking side of the street mm-hmm. as garbage. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a uh, it was a highly respected source of information, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Can you put the time for me, please? No, sorry. It's okay. Um, Yeah, I... Um, I feel like there's a lot of different um, aspects of this conversation that we could have. And I would, I reached, there were some men that were, that commented, that said that they were straight and had engaged in gay sex. And I reached out to a couple of them and I was like, hey, I would love to talk more about this. And unfortunately, nobody reached out back to me because I could understand how uncomfortable that conversation may be, but it's very easy to put that information out there when you're doing it from behind a profile where nobody really knows who Mm -hmm. you are. But so many gay men said that they were having this exact situation happen. They were having sex with men that identified as straight, men that identified as straight, that were married, that had children. And so for anyone to think that this doesn't happen, I feel like it's super naive for you to think that. Do you think that um, the forbidden aspect of it is uh, plays a large part in what draws a person into something like that? You mean because it is like the forbidden fruit? It's a so- well, and it's a social construct that that is for, that act is forbidden, yeah. right? Yeah. So do you feel it's like beyond social construct? Yeah, it's beyond. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but do you feel like that? Um, like a lot of things that people do mm-hmm. that they're not supposed to do. Mm. Um, <laughs> does this, do you think you feel like that this could potentially fall within that category to some degree? Yes. And I think that's key to some degree. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's a huge driver for someone to want to do something like that. It's just not like, Oh, I want to see if I could get away with it type shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think those kind of things are things that like maybe mommy and daddy are telling you like, you know, don't write on the wall, you know, don't play with fire, <laughs> like those type of things. Those are like really experimental, but, and you may have like a little bit of, um, want to do it just to, to know, but when it comes to engaging in sex where you have to like place your body with someone else, I feel like there has to be even well, more. But I, what I mean that is that, you know, at, at, su- at some point it becomes something that, for someone, maybe they were told that they shouldn't look at it that way. And mm-hmm. then they question it. Well, why can't I look at it that way? Of course. And now that you're telling me I can't look at it, it actually looks kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know? And I actually kind of like it. Yeah. Now that you made me really take a good look at it because yeah. you told me I couldn't look at it. Now I'm really looking at it like, why? Why am I not supposed to be looking at this? Yeah. And then I think that that creates a, 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 a very particular interest interest in its yeah. own rather than something that happens organically you know something that says oh well here look listen this is all for you just take a look at everything you want and then you know with all the permission that you're looking you're like well that looks really interesting and then you're drawn to it that's like something that you just chose to do on your own but when you're restricted from something i think the curiosity really like amplifies 
Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I I agree with that strongly. Like I think that that is I think about that on so many different yeah, levels. That's like one of the the ingredients that are sprinkled onto the to the whole thing. <laughs> well, now that you talk about, you know, things being restricted, let's talk about the type of things that are built into our society that will stop someone from being who they truly are. What are the things that you think in our society that are in place that prevent a man or a woman from really stepping into their true light of their sexuality. Even though we live in a time where, you know, it's embraced more. You know, we have LGBTQ organizations mm-hmm. that are really spreading, you know, um, valuable information so that people can better understand why someone may identify as gay or yeah. bisexual or, you know, trans or queer so people i think have a better understanding but there are still many facets of religion culture societal norms that will prevent a man or a woman from coming out as their true sexual orientation and thus exploring their sexuality well for me the number one answer is um family okay more particularly the strict parents Okay. More particularly, the household that one grows up under. Okay. Because I feel like it all really starts there. I mean, it it has to, right? That's what you're born into. Mm-hmm. That's where all your ideologies and things initially come from. Mm-hmm. Your your environment growing up. Mm-hmm. So whatever whatever is put into your you know whatever is put into your mind as what you should believe in, and um, how you should live your life starts at home. Yeah. So to me, that's the number one reason why someone wouldn't come out mm-hmm. um, if they felt like that they wanted to and restrained from it or refrained from it mm-hmm. uh, would be, you know, you know, the, 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 the parents or the family, whoever raised them. Yeah, I think you you and I can speak firsthand. I feel like in the Hispanic community, the jokes that are played about, are you gay? Yeah. Is so prominent. Yeah. I remember being very young. I want to say I was under the age of seven. And uh, my mom had a gay uncle. And I remember when he would come over, it would always be like, uh, my uncle's coming over with his friend. And I used to just be like, I remember being so young. And I just, I knew he was gay. And I just never understood why. But, you know, I was... I was part of a generation where you kind of like didn't talk back and you didn't really speak when spoken to type shit. So like I wasn't one to question why they were withholding that information from me. But I damn well knew that that man was gay. And to be honest, I loved him. I thought he had the best energy. Yeah. You know, he'd come over and he was so loud and so fun and so free. And that was his lover his partner and why my family chose to like not tell me or like make it seem like he was just a straight man that always had a friend with him was the most dumbest thing well i mean i think to some degree it was taboo you know was forbidden you know and so like they yeah uh, but i'm gonna tell you why i think that's so fucking stupid but go ahead i mean no i 
listen, I agree with you. I, I don't like that. Don't there's you see you my may, face? You may want to let our our listeners and viewers know why you feel like it's so stupid, but I know how you feel yeah. about it. You know, um, but thinking back to that time when you grew up mm-hmm. and the way Hispanic families were at that mm-hmm. time, you know, that was something that was not looked lightly upon. The reason why I think it's stupid is because a lot of this shit comes from religion. There are a lot of Hispanics who, um, you know, take part in the Catholic religion. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, it says that to lay with another man is an abomination. And people will carry this into their everyday culture and Hispanic family. And the reason why I think it's so fucking stupid is because they will use that to carry their prejudices against things that they find uncomfortable but still will break so many other fucking rules that the Bible says are not, that the Bible says are not, um, you know, like allowed, you know, like uh, having sex before you get married, uh, getting a divorce. Cause like when you get married in Catholic church, church, a fucking divorce is like, like a a mortal, like it's a sin. Um, Birth control. You know, there's things in the Bible that says that a man can sell his daughter into slavery. Are we still doing that today? So if you want to identify with everything in the Bible and you want to cast, you know, judgment on people because of things that you were taught that you like to choose to pull out of your religion. Mm -hmm. No, that actually is because you yourself don't feel comfortable and you're using that as as like a shield. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so fucking stupid because the amount of drug use and alcoholism and, uh, sexual you know deviancies that were happening in my family mm-hmm. but then you you want to hide the fact that my uncle was gay man go ahead <laughs> well i just you know it's interesting to think that if that was written in the bible right mm-hmm. it is abomination to sleep with another man mm-hmm. leviticus why was that written well because it was happening <laughs> hello precisely <laughs> it was probably hello it was probably, back then was men gone wild it was, <laughs> it was, it was no it was no girls gone wild because <laughs> they, they wrote it about men in the bible like this shit is out of control like you was gonna get us fucking yeah i got to stop this shit right here like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah like yeah dudes it's crazy um and that's why uh priests will you know yeah well that's a big scandal in itself hello, the movie spotlight yeah all about that all about that all the fucking uh, sodomy and molestation that were happening at the hands of male priests from the Catholic Church with little boys, mm-hmm. adolescent boys. Because people feel that they must hide their sexual desires because their religion tells them so. Even though many churches will say, well, we don't deem the person an abomination. It is the act. Well, if you're gay, you're going to want to engage in that act. So what yeah. what the fuck are we even talking about here? And and I'm not telling anyone that they don't have the right to have a faith. But if you're going to have a faith, you are still not perfect. So just understand that. And I understand that there are certain things in the Bible that you're going to hold very true to yourself. But just understand that, again, that was the environment then. Yeah. Okay, and the environment is very fucking different now. So if you don't move forward and say, okay, some of those things are like a little like, are we still doing slavery? I mean, are are we not? Like, what are we doing? We're obviously not doing that. So 
let's take some of those older ideologies and and like think with a newer mind like a new age you know what i mean yeah. like that's there's so many there's there's so I many have such there's so many feelings about that old systems that have yeah. been um redesigned and and yeah. and brought to the the current age yeah uh that that is probably one that should be looked over and reevaluated just, right? just a little bit right. are we still using rotary phones I mean, you could still call somebody on a rotary phone, but is that what we're still using? Yeah. Technology and humans, we have evolved from that point. So if people are still thinking that, um, I personally think that a lot of these things were written into the Bible to find ways to restrict people, to show power over them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, very early ages of law. Don't you think? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, had to start somewhere. It, so if law has evolved over the over the uh the centuries, mm-hmm. why hasn't why isn't the Bible? Well um you know evil. I, I feel like that's, that's a loaded like, question, right? <laughs> I mean I actually just recently watched a show on Netflix. It's called Midnight Mass. It's funny. And um, very interesting story that takes place in this show. It's about a guy who's a priest. Um, and he goes on a pil- pilgrimage to Mecca, you know, mm-hmm. and winds up getting caught in like a sandstorm. Well, and he is actually very elderly when he takes this pilgrimage because um, the community raised money for him to go. Yeah. So he goes, but he actually has like early onset dementia. So when he gets caught in this sandstorm, he gets like very disoriented, winds up getting lost, finds like a little cave or like a little opening where he walks into because he's just trying to escape. He's trying to escape the um, the storm. Mm-hmm. Goes into the cave and travels pretty far into the cave for whatever the reason. But anyway, winds up coming across some sort of creature. And he, the creature attacks him, winds up being a vampire. He then sees the vampire as an angel because it has wings. And he believes that this thing was sent to him by God because he, he refers back to scriptures in the Bible that say that when, I forget the apostle, but I believe it was the apostle Paul and don't quote me on this, comes in, comes across an angel that this apostle was afraid of the appearance that had presented itself. Because when you know, when you see these like miracles, you can become afraid. Yeah. And I could tell you firsthand, I've, I've experienced some sort of, you know, spiritual thing where it is somewhat scary. So anyway, he, he perceives this, this thing to be an angel. He then takes it back to his community, boxes it up, gets it to travel with him. It restores his youth. He then starts feeding the community small pieces of the blood through the body of Christ, the blood of Christ Mm. in the communion. It starts doing things to the community. It helps one girl walk. It helps older people who have ailments. Like little, it like starts to rebuild the community. He then thinks it would be the best thing, based on certain scriptures of the Bible, to make the entire community what he is now, which is a vampire. Like he's not. He doesn't think he's a vampire. He just thinks that this is an angel that has bestowed a miracle on him. 
he then does this, makes the entire community vampires. I know this story sounds funny, but when you watch it play out, you're like, he's doing it based on the fact that he believes that this is a miracle sent from God. Mm-hmm. He then makes the entire community vampires. And then as he watches mankind play out from this miracle, he then turns to his, he w- wind up being in love with a woman from that community and he turns to her and he goes, I decided to do this for my own self-interest and I wasn't truthful about that. I brought this thing back because I thought that it could restore life in you as it did for me because I didn't want to see you die. And I used the Bible as my preface. And then when he watched these people murder each other, he was like, what the fuck have I done? I used this book to justify Mm -hmm. these things that I was doing and I realized that this book doesn't hold true to where who we are now. Right. And I remember at the end of the show, I was like, "Holy fuck, that's a, that's like, that's like a like like a like a metaphor for like what's happening in the mm-hmm. world now." You know, like yeah. we still use the Bible and we still try to apply it to these fucking archaic things. Yeah. You know, to, it's to, um, we still use this archaic thing for to try to apply to these like more future things, and it, like it's like trying to put a fucking square in a round hole. It just doesn't work. Yeah, square peg in a round hole. Yeah, sorry, I you know, but yeah, I at first because when I was watching the show, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? But then I was like, oh, I now I get it. Yeah, no, it's a great, great comparison, you know, to that story, and where the Bible and and religion fits into our society now yeah it honestly kind of like and you know i love vampires oh yeah i was just like what is happening here (laughs) ladies and gentlemen (laughs) this is not the vampirism that i know but um i do think that there will be a season two so we'll see where it goes from there and then in the end like i really felt bad for this priest because here he was suppressing his true self because this man was a devout priest but wind up being in love with a woman and she had a child and he denied that his whole life mm. because he felt like he needed to be what society and what the Bible said he needed to be. And then this man brings a creature back that kills the whole fucking, you know, like just, just think about how that, the, like how that works. Yeah. And I feel like you could apply that to so many things. So religion for me is such a strong driver. Why a person will restrict who they really are and in actuality, if if we're going to look at the Bible as like a reference, don't we think that doesn't God love everybody? That's what they say. Right. So if God loves everybody, then is your hatred? sexual orientation going to make God not love you? And ours, isn't, isn't one always supposed to forgive? Uh, listen, this is why for me, religion is so fucking <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> It is very ridiculous, uh, but I still so have so much found respect for people who have faith because I feel like it takes a lot to put that in yeah. the forefront of your life to say that God will do it for Well, me. so here's the thing, right? When it comes to, I feel like we're kind of going off topic here for a second, but I just have mm-hmm. to say this. When it comes to faith, you know, some people are, you know, are internally lost. You know what I mean? Mm. Some people... Um, have gone through such situations in their life where they almost feel like they don't, they they have like they have no direction, um, and 
someone, some so a person like that, um, can be can find a lot of benefit in guidance from one way or another. Mm-hmm. It turns out that religion um, can instill, can inject a large amount of amount of faith into someone who, at that particular time, doesn't have a lot, uh, and it injects a, a type of energy mm-hmm. in a. Um, in a much needed situation. So, um, mm, um, can you see how those two things play yeah. to each other? Yeah, I have a you lot know? of feelings about that too because um, I've watched a lot of previous addicts yeah. find faith in religion, and then they, they, that just turns into another addiction. You know, but listen, there, there is, there is a, a side to speak to say that um, it is helpful to people in, in, in a lot of cases, and it does. Um, you know, lead them to a life better than the one that they were living prior um, because they found some type of new faith or new direction in life, something that's worth um, living for, something that makes sense to them and gives them um, a guidance, mm-hmm. you know. It, you know, that, that I mean, it's a, it is a thing, you know. But to say that everyone is living, you know, by the golden rule and by the, you know, the golden rule of it, probably not um but are there people that have come out better than who they were a week ago two weeks ago a year ago five years ago yeah i'm sure there are a lot you know and to those people i say more power to you you know whatever it takes for you to live a better life if that's what you got to do then do it as long as in the end you're a better person to some degree and i know that you feel very different about stay, that than I, I'm gonna I stay quiet. But I just felt like that there is, you know, something should be said about about the the uh, the good side of it, you know, because there there is to some degree some good. Yeah, I I'm not gonna disagree with that, but okay. I think that's gonna be part of the drug addiction conversation that we're gonna have. Okay, well we'll put a pin in that. And we'll circle back yeah. around to it. Um, and that's just a uh, a preview to our next conversation and. Evo and I have chosen to speak about that because Evo is going to speak about it from the addict point and I'm mm-hmm. going to speak about it from the victim perspective. I think that this should be a very interesting conversation because we have some strong perspectives yeah, on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but if we are talking about why people will engage in these types of activities, sexual activities, because it doesn't always just mean like Intercourse mm-hmm. could mean uh, masturbation to same-sex porn. It can be um, receiving or someone masturbating you um, of same-sex. It's not always just like intercourse. So that's why I say activities. I know that these conversations are hard to have with youth. You know, you feel like it's very like, um, I guess it's very taboo to have a conversation with a young person to say, um, you know, there are instances where man and man like each other, woman and woman like each other. But just let me tell you something, just like how we kind of sugarcoat it when we're talking about things when it comes to hetero. Like, for example, when you get the question, where do babies come from? And, you know, you say things to your kids like mommy and daddy love each other. And, you know, daddy gave mommy a baby in her tummy. Like, you know, you know, we say things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a simplified version of, okay. of the truth. So why can't we do the same thing when it comes to 
you know, sexuality. Um, I've had conversations already with our daughter about who is only seven about various sexuality and sexual orientation. We actually watched a uh, cartoon short on Disney Channel or Disney Plus that spoke about a man. Don't you remember that show that it was like a think about a seven minute and, and I'm sorry, but the name of that short right now doesn't come to me. But it was about a young man who was afraid to come out to his parents and he was moving in with his lover or his partner. Yes. Do you I remember do. that? Yeah, I do remember this. Yes. And I remember. And well played Disney on this one. Oh, too. my God. It was such a beautiful yeah. thing. And I remember watching it with our daughter. And then in the end, I turned to her and I go, baby, do you have any questions? She goes, yeah, what? And I. I, I'm over here thinking that she's just gonna have like a like all these questions about why were the two men together like why why were they kissing like I thought that that was gonna be the conversation mm-hmm. um, and she goes why do they call it gay <laughs> and I was like you know baby that's a good question but yeah I was about to say you're coming from her that's a great question yeah and I said to her I said I just think it's the um, I think it's the more I think it's the easier name for homosexual. You know, like when we say straight for heterosexual. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think that's just all that it is. And he was like, she and then she went on to say, Well, his mom really loved him, so I don't understand why he was afraid. And when I tell you that was so beautiful to yeah. hear from her because she didn't it didn't care that she saw two men in, in, in the cartoon. She was more focused on like some of the things that she just didn't understand as far as like the words yeah the verbiage of it but it was still simplified in a way where she was able to take it in and walk away from it like okay yeah men men like each other sometimes or men love each other or women love each other and it was nothing too and i think if we can inject that in small doses to our children and to our youth it will just become part of like the normal conversation but when people act like oh no my first grader could not know that men kiss like are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like, so here's the funny thing, right? I think that that this is a it's it's a a long term evolution of a something that just kind of happens in cycles, right? Mm-hmm. So you think about back before the Bible was written, and mm-hmm. a, a man shall not sleep with another, lay with another man. Mm-hmm. So prior to that, you know, obviously it was written because this was happening and it was happening to a degree where it needed to be written in a way where it shouldn't happen. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they're referring to Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. So, you know, so there. So imagine prior to that, like this, you have this whole society of this is just thing, something that is normal and it just goes on. And then you have some type of some some type of uh, resistance against that to mm-hmm. where um it's trying it, they try to instill instill it in society where that's no longer supposed to happen mm-hmm. um and build something different off it's an evolution of that right and then now here we are you know centuries later where now it's breaking free of that oppression that was put onto that and you know it's just like a, a cycle of it mm. happening and so now you'll well they if say history repeats right itself. so now what i'm saying here is like that we're in the process of some, something that's happening over the course of centuries. And if you think about where we will be in potentially two or three centuries, we might be at the stage again where things are being written, where this is now having to be oppressed again because it's grown to something that has gotten too free, you know, and it's too mm. much. And now something happens to have to cool it down again. You know, it's almost like the market, you know, the market goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Once it goes too high, all of a sudden it's got to come back down. Yeah. So I feel like that 
That's a really interesting perspective. So we're just we're just a small blip in a very big cycle. The circle of life. The circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just me understanding how the way the market works that I was able to yeah. put those two together. Because um, it's interesting the things that I've learned on how the market cycles over the course of time, has cycled over the course of time yeah. um, and how it plays out over a long period of time. And if you don't, if you don't uh, take a step back and look at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. you don't really understand the full scope of what actually is going on. And so now I sat here and I thought about it for a second and I was like, so before the Bible, it was, you know, everything was all good. Then around the time of the Bible, it was like, no, 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 we got to stop this. This is out of control. And then now, here we are speaking, we should be talking about it to our children and we should be instilling it in small amount. And you see how it's all of a sudden starting to sprout from the bottom. Yeah. Until it grows into like this wild flower or this crazy weed that all of a sudden needs to be trimmed and hedged and brought down to make look put nice and nice little packaging in. Well, the way that I think about it is um, when you had Europeans coming to parts of, let's just say, America, and they saw Native Americans living a very different life than what they were living in Europe or Spaniards or, you know, British, whatever it was that came to the Americas, because there was, a, you know, different array of people that, you know, came into this country and were exposed to Native Americans who lived very differently than they lived. When something is different, when it is the unknown, humans, a lot of the time, have the first reaction to reject it. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's unidentifiable to them. Mm-hmm. Because they at one time were living in their own bubble. So everything that they did in that bubble made sense to them. So now when they're exposed to something polar opposite of that bubble, it's very easy to say that they're savages. That's not that's an abomination Mm -hmm. or that's abnormal because they're not doing it the way that we do it. And I think that's a huge part of the problem is that when a person identifies as heterosexual, homosexual, whatever it is, and they see someone doing something that is different from what they do. They cast out. Mm-hmm. And I think the best um, way that I can understand this about how it is that you like, you know, because like, you know, when you live in America, you feel like you kind of like see it all. And it's not until you step outside of your bubble that you really are exposed to what the world and the country is really about. Because I have one memory that comes to mind, whereas I went to go to Texas and they're an open carry state. And I remember walking into a restaurant and seeing many people with their pistols on their hip. And then there was a sign at the front of the restaurant that said uh, something about what they expected people to do with their firearms. And the way that people spoke about things there, so different, but we're still in the same country. And it was just so different to me. Mm. But... Instead of me being like, oh, this is wrong, because I we come from a state where open carry is not legal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if anything, I was so intrigued by it. I was just like, hmm, I wonder how people feel in these communities with men and women walking around with open carry weapons around children. Because, you know, the conversation is always like, you know, for the children. 
And it didn't seem like there was anything, like nobody had a problem with it. But it's just because when there's people from a different place. So that's what I thought about. Mm -hmm. I was intrigued by it because I think that there will be some people that are intrigued by it. But they're on the lower end. Mm -hmm. So you're so 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 what what I'm getting from this, right? And 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 I may be wrong, but I think that what I'm getting from this is that you're saying that, in the same way that these states, Mm -hmm. um, expose their children to guns, Mm -hmm. and they grow up Mm -hmm. as guns being a normal part of their life and society, right? Mm -hmm. Why can't some of these other things that are considered taboo, which are illegal in some other places, Mm -hmm. um, be instilled in kids at a young age? Mm Um, and be made comfortable because once it's the norm, it's the norm. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it should happen in schools because I don't want anybody coming no, from no, no, me. No, no, no. I'm talking about in society. Well, at home. That, that's my, that's, yeah, that's at what I mean. At home. That's where, that's where the buck starts. It starts at home. Because I personally feel like um, you and I had this conversation a little bit. You know, people right now are really at, at, at odds when it comes to uh, racial theory in school and yeah. sexuality and all this other shit. And I under um, I do somewhat agree that I think school should be for education as far as like reading, writing, and arithmetic. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, the other things I would hope that the community would take part in it, yeah. that the people in the community would talk about sexuality and embracing other things that are not, you know, what is the norm to them? You know, yeah. because I know that we do it in our house, and it has really allowed our children to really have like no prejudice against people of of a difference i remember the first time that my oldest son met a what you would consider a more flamboyant gay man in the company that i worked for and he came right up to my son anthony and was just like hey how are you oh my god oh my god he's so cute blah, blah, blah. and um he was quite young at the time this is wow more than 10 years ago so he was 12 mm-hmm. maybe and i remember when we left i was just like hey baby um you know like He's my, you know, he's my friend and, and, and you know, he's gay and, and my, you know, how did you feel about that? And he was like, he was really nice, mom. Like, I knew he was gay. Like, it yeah. was, and it's because I've never, I've never been like, oh, that is, that's not okay. I just want to know, because I knew that that was his, like, first direct experience with an, with a, with an older male mm-hmm. gay man. I just want to know how that felt for him. And he was just like, he was cool. He was really nice. You know, like, it wasn't like. Because I never wanted our kids to be the ones that made those fucking jokes like, are you gay? I can't stand that. Or like, you know, when there's things said that like, oh, he screams like a girl or like, I hate those kind of things because that makes one thing look, that's a person trying to make who they are better Mm -hmm. than what that is. So, you know, you mentioned that these things should be instilled in children at some point in age and it shouldn't be done in school mm-hmm. you know what i feel like should be done in school mm. is anger or hatred management oh um, well if i'm not mistaken that became a part of our middle son's curriculum in high school they started to teach emotional intelligence okay so emotional intelligence that doesn't really speak to me when it comes to addressing negative emotions and, and, yeah, and anger. No, it, it, right? was, it may it, it may be part of the curriculum, yeah. but when you say it to me like that, I just think about um, you know, 
I guess being and in, being intellectually in tune with your you know with who you are and your feelings, right? It's um, also teaching um, empathy and empathy, sympathy yeah. and. But what I'm what I'm more concerned about is so these things that um, affect our society in a negative way, like prejudice and hatred mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, you think about children and children; they're not born angry. They're not, they don't come out of the womb. You well, know? actually, no, I'm just yeah, joking. Well, they don't come out of the womb like just, <laughs> ah, you know, and with, with this anger and hatred. I mean, kids are generally in, innocent, happy babies and only cry yeah. only cry when they're hungry and they want something or they don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, they laugh, they joke, they play. Everything is beautiful. And it isn't until this, something is implanted into their brain mm-hmm. that this other side is created. And because... You know, that typically happens at home. Mm-hmm. The only place to really combat that would be at school. Ooh. Dun, 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 dun. I, th- I, thought, I thought that that would really, like, play a great dynamic in, in you know, in the, the growth of a child. Because there isn't that outlet. There isn't that real guidance for children to be dealing with the things that they're instilled at home mm-hmm. that they necessarily shouldn't be instilled with. You know, there isn't something teaching them how to manage those or process those feelings and then what winds up happening is is because they're not giving those tools when they go out into the world and they're exposed to these differences mm-hmm. they act one of two ways either they're you know they're empathetic towards it or they're they show hatred yeah and that's interesting because there was an aspect of that in the show too that i was just talking about but you know um i'm gonna say that i recommend that show Maybe you, you, if you like vampires and you're not offended to see it um, play out in a uh, biblical standpoint, I thought it was really interesting. What's the name of it? Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Oh, you did. You said you said that. I'm sorry. Midnight Mass on Netflix. Uh, but that actually brings us to the end of our show today. Uh, yes, it does. It fucking flew. Yeah. I feel like there's, I, I sometimes get so like, I get like a little bit of anxiety right before the show and I know it's a good thing because yeah. I'm so excited to talk about the things that we choose to talk mm-hmm. about because they build off of things that people are saying to us. And I want to like do a deep dive into these conversations. Yeah. So I get like a little anxious because yeah. I'm like, ooh, we're about to embark on something that, you know, is built off of, you know, the comments of other people. Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's interesting how the show has taken a, a different spin as to what before when we were doing it live. Yeah. We were engaging with our viewers and a lot yeah. of our comments were based on the, the um, what our viewers would say. Yeah. And now. Um, it's still. It's still the same. But, but different. But different, yeah. Because yeah. Um, we're definitely getting a, a, a larger variety. Correct. Of. Yeah, we feedback. had we had a thousand comments. Yeah, uh, yeah. or a thousand so, plus yeah, on the last definitely video. Definitely a lot more to like filter, cipher through. So it's, yeah. it's great. And uh, I gotta love all the men. Um, shout out to all the men that uh, like to talk shit to me on social media. Blocker. Keep it coming because you are fucking boosting my engagement. Oh, Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, so that um, until next Friday, which if I'm not mistaken. Hang on a second. Am I crazy in thinking that? Because today is... Oh, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are going to see Spider-Man later today. Yes, and are. I cannot fucking wait. So next so, Friday is the 24th. Yeah, so next Friday is actually Christmas Eve. Um, we will have a show for you because we will record it the day prior. So happy holidays to everybody if uh, we don't get a chance to say it to you. 
Um, yes, happy holidays. Yeah, but uh, Mimi will say it for the next show. But anyway, I'm excited because uh, I think next show will be kind of fucking heavy. But anyway, we shall see. We, we shall see. see. Uh, so thank you for everybody that chose to join us today. We greatly appreciate you. So until next Friday, peace out. Peace out. <laughs>